join me, your host Sean Lynn, in the pub for a draft with friends, where we will talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Come on down, and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 4. We talk with my good friend Dave C. Sean about being a father and husband. Sit back as I pour us a dram. And welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. We are lucky today to have my good friend Dave C. Sean with us. Welcome, Dave, to the pub. Oh, he's already got his dram poured. What are you drinking today there, Dave? Well, I actually started off with uh, a bourbon straight from the heart of uh, Louisville, Kentucky called Rabbit Hole. Ooh. Well, I thought I'd pull out a bourbon because I know you're a bourbon guy. And I'm going to do Wild Turkey Rare Breed. Okay, So right. I'm still working on my pour. Uh, well, I'll zoom in. I'll show you a little bit of a highlight of this one. This is... Uh, this is a, a bourbon from Kentucky. I think a relatively new distillery when it comes to when it comes to that type of thing. I mean, we're not talking about the uh, the classic Woodford Reserve or Wild Turkey or um, uh, you know one of the Buffalo Trace vintage uh, vintage bourbons, but it's fantastic. It's excellent. So highly recommend it. Well, and that's one of the things that's kind of a rage right now is uh, all the bourbons that are out there and there seems to be new ones on the market every day and luckily we're young enough to possibly try a few more and uh, there's lots of time as you can see I may have a couple on the shelf and I know you and I have shared one or two before as well. Well, you know, maybe uh, it's a bit premature in saying this, but a potential idea for a future episode could be a road trip down the Bourbon Trail or something. Oh, it, location. It, it may be on the tentative list for next year. The Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance is scheduled to be in Columbus, Ohio, and it's not that far of a drive to uh, slide south to Kentucky. For Albertans, driving is uh, something we do. So, uh, three five-hour drive is nothing for us. So, so cheers and welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about Dave Seashon. Man, Dave Seashon. Okay, I guess. Well, you know, first and foremost, I'm a, a husband to my wife Kimberly and uh, father of six kids. Uh, four girls, two boys. Uh, the oldest just finished high school this year and is going off to university next year at the, uh, well, I was going to say the booming metropolis of Lethbridge, Alberta, but truth be told, with this pandemic, it's really just taking your laptop down to the basement. So <laughs> kind of feel bad for, for that. And, uh, and then I've got a daughter in grade nine, one in grade six, uh, two boys who are in grade four and grade one, and then the ruler of the house, Mariana Hope who is four years old uh, and precocious all, as all get out. So, uh, so that's, that's my family. And so I'm a husband first and a father. And then um, in my free time, I practice uh, general dentistry. I've got a busy practice in South Calgary and 
got a fantastic associate who works with me and and that's 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 the deal well i am a father of five daughters and three sons so i can sympathize you uh with you the girls seem to know everything by the age of 14 and uh sometimes the younger ones learn it earlier so it's uh we're actually or four <laughs> yeah <laughs> they are we are very blessed uh and uh the there's a lot of excitement raising children and uh there's never a dull moment for sure you know it's funny i i, I look at the family and i think um i mean the girls the girls uh, present their challenges, but I've never seen so much destruction as I have since we had boys in the house. <laughs> just oh, yes. And, and the funny thing is, like I watch my grandsons and stuff who are all boys, like they, they seem to come out of the womb wrestling with their siblings kind of thing, uh, ready to, and, and they're, they're all boys. They just seem to find mischief, but they're, they accept the wrongdoing, dust it off, and seem to move on uh, to the next uh, adventure, as it were. You know, it's, it's funny when I look at, there is an innate difference between boys and girls. And that's just, I, and, I mean, we're in a society where everything is, I mean, uh, basically is being neutralized, is being neutered. And, um, but I look at these little guys and they run around and they're, you know, they're making sounds and smash, crash, you know, they're just, they, they just, they just play so loudly and they're so kinetic and, um, and, and rambunctious and they wrestle and they show love by checking their sister into the corner of a wall. And I mean, it's, uh, we're just, we're just hardwired differently. It's just how it is. It, it is. And, uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of our young men are suffering today trying to fit into that nice stereotype. Uh, I've read a book called Boys Adrift and met the author, and he talks about that, just that there are these differences. And, and in order, you know, why didn't you draw a nice picture like Susie, who had all these colors and nice animals and sunshine, you were drawing a battle between two armies where there's guns and stuff and and it's not something that they're taught or anything necessarily it's just they're built for action you know sean it's, it's so it's you know it's funny i was talking uh, at work with some of the girls and so as a as a as a dentist, I, I basically work with women. I mean, it's a very, very much a woman dominated industry. And, um, and I was sitting around in the break room, social distancing with our masks on and, uh, <laughs> and having a conversation. And, and I was talking to one of our hygienists who is a fantastic, fantastic girl and, and, you know, committed to her faith and living her faith. And, uh, she's Catholic, grew up, uh, Orthodox and, um, and um, and we were talking about this absence of of solid men with integrity. And, and again, I think it. And I was kind of talking to my girls about this the other day too. And and I don't know what it is that has has caused this lapse. But I see these beautiful young women that, I mean, gosh, like they 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 could they could 
they could date whoever they wanted to. And there's this absence of real men. There's this absence of, of men of character, men of faith, men of, of um, integrity. And, and the question in my mind is, is why is that? What, is, what has happened to society that has led us to a point where, and I laugh because, because some of these girls are saying, well, um, you know, when they started out in this dating journey, it was very important for them to, to, to date a, a Catholic man because they're Catholic. And, and I mean, and it's funny, the, the, the Bible is replete with examples of, of the Israelites who stray from the path and, and connect with women of all sorts of different faiths and backgrounds. And, and it, generally speaking, ends poorly. And, um, and so, uh, you know, so, so we're kind of called to be with, with our own people. And, and, um, but there's this, there's this absence of men of character and integrity. And so, um, um, I, so I, I start out by saying thank you for your, for your ministry at God Squad to you know, help inspire men to be men and to be men of faith and men of courage and men of integrity. But gosh, man, we, well, and, we, and that's, that's just it is what woman wouldn't want a man like St. Joseph, like the humble servant to his family. And I know the, the co-worker you speak of, she is a beautiful young woman on fire with her faith. And I see lots of these beautiful young women and the men seem to be absent. And part of that, I believe, is A, we haven't challenged them, especially the young men, to engage in their faith. It, for years, if you look at a lot of the altars, who's up serving? A lot of them are females. And even all our altar boys are now altar girls for the most part. And they don't see men in action in our faith. And that's why uh, we started God Squad, just to be that example of men serving their community and their families and being part of the church. Uh, I just interviewed Jeff Cavins the other day, and, and he spent a lifetime of evangelizing, and, and we go on motorcycle rides trying to encourage men that it's okay to be manly and faithful. And there's so many young women are out there searching for a guy like that. So guys, they're, they're out there. Step up. Yeah. Step up. And, and you know, I, go ahead. Well, and I think part of it is that fear factor of, of what has happened in our society for young men where the, they call it toxic masculinity. Uh, you've got the Me Too movement. You've got all, and there's the places for them. But unfortunately, what has been lost is the teaching of authentic masculinity because the stuff that the me too movement is about none of us would agree with men treating women that way and i pity my son if he ever treats a woman that way or the man that treats one of my five daughters that way that's right <laughs> so it's 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 one of those things and and i think we're doing it by you and me reaching out to each other, encouraging each other, raising families, 
and you go and see there's more and more of these connections and families that are, are doing that and raising <clears throat> young men and young women who are in love with the Lord and want to evangelize and want to get out there. So keep up the good work. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I think, the, again, the onus is also, a, the, there's an onus on, on us as fathers to sons, right? Uh, yes. And, and I know that um, we've talked about this before, and there's books that are written about it, but the, you know, the importance of, of the father in, in um, the raising of the child, right? Um, and, and, a, and a man that's authentically interested in parenting. You know, it's so interesting, Sean, I was, like, I got, uh, like, like many, 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 many people across this world in March, April, and May, I was, I was laid off. I, you know, the, the Minister of Health told me, you're, you're, you're deemed non-essential. And, um, and uh, so as I sat around, I actually cherished the time with my family. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. Um, it would have been nice to be paid when I was laid off. <laughs> but, uh, um, but it was fascinating seeing all the fathers that were also in a similar position, either working from home or not working at all, who were out in the middle of the day hanging out with their kids being dads, being fathers, and, and uh, what an incredible gift. You know, you look for the silver lining in, yes. in all sorts of craziness, but um, what a beautiful gift that fathers have been given this past spring to be able to hang out with their children and, and play with them and, and to, to be a dad. You know, you, just, yeah. I mean, you mentioned St. Joseph, what a hero. I mean, humble servant of God, courageous man faith that led his family um, down to Egypt and then back again in the face of the annihilation of all those children, all those babies, right? The first martyrs, basically. Um, and, uh, and, and a man that, that, that shepherded his family. I mean, it was, it was beautiful, courageous. Uh, he was there, you know, likely, um, you know, it, I guess, sharing his gifts and talents with his son, who, who became a carpenter. And, uh, I mean, amazing, and, and to see, to be able to see all these dads that are out, hanging out, being with their kids, playing with their kids, mentoring their kids, I mean, it was amazing. Well, and, and that's where hopefully some seeds were planted, and there was some reflection, and that men, when we get back into their work rhythm, remember what that was like, and don't go seeking that big carrot of being the best whatever it is making the most money because that ends up not leading to happiness like I, I know lots of people with lots of money that are not happy people and it's it's something to be said about that family connection and and many of the speakers over the years of have said guys on their deathbeds they don't they don't care if they didn't get another promotion or or didn't get as high as they they want more time with their family and with their loved ones so you know i was, I was listening to a really cool uh homily so uh word on fire ministries right with uh, bishop baron yeah. bishop baron puts out his homilies every i mean he does, he does a daily um meditation basically on the gospel and the daily reading but he also 
publishes his uh, weekend homilies, and he hits it like on a Tuesday. And, and so I've been listening to those, and it allows me just to kind of reflect on that. Um, and then come Sunday, you hear the readings again, and, you know, our priests will, will give their own take on the gospel or, you know, one of the readings or all of the readings. Um, but it, it provides a different uh, perspective into uh, the, weekend, the weekend readings. And his focus has been a lot on the Old Testament this, you know, this past year. And it's, it's been really cool because I think that, you know, we'll often engage in the gospel and, and you know, even the Lectio. I've been doing some Lectio Divina, and, and you look at the, the gospel and you try and find, you know, maybe a phrase or two in that or even a word that you can meditate on. But I, I tend to gloss over the Old Testament. And, uh, and, and so we've been focusing on the Old Testament a lot. And uh, there was a reading a couple of uh, weeks ago about you know, basically the, the servant to the king that was taking all his resources, all his energy, all his talents and building a monument to himself. And basically, and uh, I'm sorry, I should, know, I, should know, I should have paid a bit more attention to the reading, but one of the prophets came and said, you know, you're out, you're done, you're fired. God fired this guy. And he spent all this money building a monument to himself. And now how do we remember him? Well, he was, he was kind of the one guy in the Old Testament that, whose, whose name is, is kind of renowned and correlated with being fired. <laughs> like he's, he, he wasn't the great, the great administrator that he, uh, that he thought he was, right? And the question, like, what are you doing with your talents? What are you doing with your, with your gifts? What are you doing with your money, right? What is ultimately important? What, kill, what kingdom are you building, right? And, uh, and that just really resonated with me. And as, I see, and as I see these guys out hanging out with their kids now and, and being able to be dads again, and I talk to people now that I'm able to go back to work and, you know, what did, how did you find, how's this pandemic been for you? <laughs> what, uh, what did you learn? Not just that it's okay to drink bourbon at two in the afternoon on a weekday, but, but what else did you learn? And... Um, and a lot of people, a lot of guys have said to me, I just, I love being at home. I love being part of my family. You know, like I was able to, to take a step off the treadmill, get out of the rat race for a bit and truly appreciate what's important. And maybe that's been the gift we've been given. So speaking of gifts given, uh, as I said, a lot of young men are struggling today as to what is a man and what what to do with their life and and so i've i've added a new segment uh what advice would you give your 18 year old self if you could be with mr peabody and go in the way back machine and uh what would you what would you tell your 18 year old self now that you have a bit more wisdom and and years of uh, learning under your belt I think, you know, when I, when I look back, I think what I would say is be authentic and true to, to what it is that you were, that you were, what is it, what it was that you were made to be, right? Don't, don't be afraid of, of, don't be afraid of living your faith for fear of persecution by others. Because what I've found is that when you are, when you live your faith authentically and with love and you approach converse, because you'll be challenged for that, right? You, you'll be challenged for uh, living your faith. Um, but it'll often be 
a challenge based on hearsay, based on fiction, based on misunderstandings, right? Based on a lack of truth, based on fear. And so if you could be, be confident and courageous in your faith, but be humble in your faith, right? Mm -hmm. Approach confrontation with love, approach that confrontation with love, with sincerity, with honesty, and, and being authentic. And it's astounding how when you do that, doors will open, people will respect you, situations will be diffused. Um, you know, and, and, and as, I look at, as I look at my own life, I would say that when, my, when I'm committed to my prayer life, when I am, um, when I am engaged in my faith, when I'm open to discuss truth, but, but not in such a way that it, um, it shames another person or it, uh, it, uh, it, it comes across as condescending or it, it comes across as um, uh, kind of proclaiming from on high, where it's, just, it's a conversation, then that's when I find doors open. And, and that's when I find my life gets truly blessed. When I'm truly, when I'm truly, yeah. When you're having a dram with friends, discussing right? faith, family, food, and fun, right? Right. So, so you know, I, I, I have, a, there's this cool story. It just happened to me like a couple of weeks ago. And um, maybe three, maybe two or three or four months ago, my wife put an alarm on my phone, my phone. And every day at three o'clock, it goes off. And um and it just reminds us, I mean, three o'clock is the hour where our Lord died so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be redeemed, right? I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's a pretty powerful time of the day. Yep. And so I've got an alarm that goes off on my phone every day at three. And sometimes I'm in my office, my, my own personal office, doing some paperwork, and it goes off. And, and it's just, it's a moment for me to pause and reflect on what our Lord did for us. It's, it's, it's a moment in prayer. And, and we get busy doing a million things throughout the day, but it's a moment in time where you stop and you say, thank you, Lord. Blood and water would gush forth from the heart of us, right? I mean, it's, yep. and so it's a moment to pause and reflect on that. And I actually had, uh, I was sitting in a consult with a patient and my alarm was going off in, in, in my office next door. And it was distracting. I'm hearing this chimes going off, chimes going off. And I just said to my assistant, you know, uh, could you just turn off my, my alarm for me? That's my alarm. Sorry. Thank you. And, uh, and the patient says to me, well, why is your alarm going off? And I said, well, it's three o'clock. She said, well, you set an alarm for three o'clock. That's kind of weird. <laughs> and, but there was a great opportunity, right? Yep. And so, so I had a choice at that point to say, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's three o'clock alarm. It, it is what it is. So I'm just kind of weird that way. And, and maybe when I was 18, I would have done that. Maybe I wouldn't have had the alarm at, when I was 18, to be honest with you. I should have. Well, you, you, you did say it was your wife that encouraged you or helped you set that up. So you, that's, they are a blessing to us, aren't they? <laughs> Thank goodness for that. But then, then comes the point in time where you have to make a choice. And are you going to talk to that person and tell them why three o'clock is important to you? And I did. And it was, and it was, and it wasn't done in a condescending, uh, condescending manner. It was just, yep. this is why three o'clock is important to me. I'm a Christian. And at three o'clock 
it's, it's widely believed that that is when our Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross and redeemed us. And I just, I basically said that to her. I said, and it's a moment in time in my day where I can stop and reflect on what's ultimately truly important. Is it, you know, as much as, as, as your teeth are, um, you know, you want to have veneers and, and we could do a smile makeover for you and this is important to you, like, what's, what's ultimately really important? It, it's, not, it's not if your teeth are crowded or gray, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's what are we doing to, to grow and build the kingdom of God on earth? And there was a beautiful opportunity just to say, this is, this is what it means to me. And it's a moment of time to pray. And she was like, wow, that's so cool. It's a Persian lady. Wow, that's so cool. Good, that's really great. I really think that's awesome. And, and I don't know that I would have had that courage when I was 18. So, so if I look back to myself, when I was younger, I would say, have the courage. Have the courage, because it can change the world. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we were, we did the Activated Disciple as a parish uh, in May and June. And, and that's very much what it is, is just keeping that simple message that God loves you, has an amazing plan for you. And allowing the Holy Spirit to confirm that message. So you gave the message and allowed the Holy Spirit to do his work now. And, and that's, that's the beauty of our faith is it doesn't have to be complicated and get into arguments. And I don't think we're going to move the needle much that way. But if we approach people in love and just demonstrate or tell them why Jesus is important to us, I think we're going to have more traction and get especially more men into the kingdom and helping pull on that, uh, on the, that tug of war rope with society and, and make a difference to, uh, on our side. Because unfortunately I, I had written an article many years ago where a lot of our priests and bishops were like in foxholes, not knowing where the firing was coming from. And just, whereas if we can encourage men to support our priests, bishops, and the church as holy fathers and families, then we're, we're going to change the world. We're going, and my job is Canada right now, but, uh, we can we can go beyond the borders if need be. So, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things, like you talked about the readings, and it's interesting because what you were talking about was the readings for today. Jeremiah, where you know you're going to be mocked for your faith and stuff. But one of the the psalms today uh, was. Oh God, you are my God, and I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land, no water is. So, did you know that the whiskey comes from the Gaelic term ishkabaha, which means water of life? So, we are helping lead people to Jesus by using a little dram and encouraging men to join us. And 
engage in following Jesus and, and drinking to uh, build that community if, if need be. I'll, I'll drink coffee if need be or whatever is appropriate to, to engage men where they're at. So, but uh, with the... I love it. I love it. So I want to thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your witness. Continue uh, raising that beautiful family of yours. Uh, I know you and your lovely wife, Kimberly, just celebrated 20 years of marriage. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And keep up the good work. And we will continue to build the kingdom in Calgary and in Canada and, and beyond, right? Well, and, and, and maybe, uh, maybe we'll do this again and, and you can introduce me to uh, a, a different flavor of whiskey. Perhaps uh, we look at an Irish or a Scotch whiskey next time. Ah, that sounds like a good plan. And we maybe have to, if this takes, takes hold, do an evangelization tour to Kentucky. So I think, uh, so in the, over my shoulder, you can see it's uh, 1792. It's a uh, uh, small batch bourbon. Uh, 17, from Bardstown, Kentucky, actually. 1792 was the year that I believe Kentucky uh, joined the Confederacy, so um, became a state. So 1792, um, again, another excellent whiskey. Bardstown, Kentucky. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think the Holy Spirit's drawing us to the, to the bourbon trail, Sean. Yes, my wife and I, uh, so one of the things we've done for our children we haven't always had a lot of money well we still don't have a lot of money with a single income raising eight kids we're starting to catch up a little bit uh but so in 2000 we did a big holiday and then 2010 we did another big holiday to and we took our younger kids down to pulled our trailer to key west and back and we came back through kentucky stayed at bardstown can Kentucky and uh, that's where I dip my own bottle I've got it up there on the top shelf at Maker's Mark and went to the the claimed I think it claimed it was the oldest pub in America it was 200 years old and and asked the bartender to pour me a whiskey because I didn't know my bourbons and he poured me an Elmer T. Lee which is uh I went across the street, bought a bottle because it was very good, nursed it for five years, and have spent the last five years looking <laughs> for one. I, I did, in the last couple months, get one. It's right there, so on the top shelf, and I think I'll, I'll just leave it there for a while till I figure out where to get another one. Well, so, you can help sampling it. Yes, we'll have to discuss whether that one gets cracked or not. It's uh, <laughs> there. Uh, it was the they came out with a commemorative one last year for the hundredth birthday of Elmer T. Lee. So, who would have been a hundred last year had he lived? And he was the brewmaster or whatever for Buffalo Trace and came up with Blantons and uh, and is credited with the increase in the the bourbon coming out of it was it was heading the wrong way everybody thought it was just a cheap bar whiskey that yeah shot where he said 
no, I think I can make a $30 bottle and sell it as a, and people thought he was nuts. And, uh, and this is fairly recent history. So uh, it didn't really catch on till about 2000. And then since then, there's been an explosion, as is evident by what's on your counter. <laughs> So oh, behind you, <laughs> and behind me, yes, yes, and the eagle rare. So, thanks again. I'm going to. We'll get together. We'll have to do some barbecue uh, soon. Uh, another brisket and some beans or something. And so, I look forward to seeing you in the near future. Well, God bless you. God bless your ministry, man. And um, yeah, keep it going. It's wonderful. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Dram with Friends. If you have any suggestions or ask any questions, please email me at adram at godsquad.ca or if you'd like to make a donation to support our cause, go to godsquad.ca and hit the donate button.